0: This podcast is for adults only. If you're under 18, please visit scarletine.com for more information about sex education.
1: Hi, uh, thanks for downloading another episode. Uh, I learned a, a brand new sexual maneuver, a sexual technique, if you will, this weekend. Uh, this is on the advanced level. I'm not going to give you all the details, but I'll just give you some hints. It involves oral sex... And repeatedly punching someone in the face. It's important to just, well, yeah. I'll leave it at that. Uh, if you donated $25 or more to the podcast, first off, thank you. Also, you should have gotten an email saying, hey, here's your bonus episode. If you donated $50 or more, you'll be getting a second one soon. But if you didn't get an email saying, thanks for donating, and here's your bonus episode That means one of two things happened Either I sent you the email And it's in your spam folder Or You didn't supply me with uh, An alternative email address For you to, uh, to be contacted by I, uh, Some people they donated And their PayPal address Is clearly a work email address I'm not about to send You know An email from massacast.com To someone's work email address So Your privacy is very important to me Make sure you email me directly massacast at gmail.com and I will uh, send you your bonus episode. This episode, it's uh, part of the kink from around the globe feature. Going all the way to Australia this time. Someone whose uh, blog I've been reading for a long time. Ferns is her name. She's a dominant woman. She's funny. She's smart. And she's got a great website. And it's d-o-m-m-e-chronicles.com. Hyphen You can find a link on the website, massycast.com. So here's my conversation with the Ferns. So I might, I might stop you at some point to clarify your local vernacular.
0: Yes, that's fine. Is that fine? Because not only do I not have an accent, I also don't use Australian slang ever.
1: I'm sure. <laughs> um, so so we'll, we'll get into the Australian kink scene, um, which I think is a drink in some bars.
0: <laughs> well, if it's I, not, it should
1: be. I'll have an Australian kink scene, please. Uh, uh, but the name, what is the genesis of your name?
0: Oh, it's a, I, I should make up a much more interesting story. I had to have a um, login for actually a work system a million years ago. And I wanted something as short as possible because I'm extremely lazy, like too lazy to even type things. And, <laughs> and, um efficient. it. And um, it's a combination of letters from my name. Oh, wow. It, it was gender neutral, so I quite liked being on the internet in a gender neutral sense back in the early days, because if you were a female on the internet, you were like yeah a, a dick magnet, if you like. <laughs>
1: um, you said that like it's a bad thing.
0: I know, right? Hmm. As soon as I came out of my mouth, I'm like, that might be all right. But yeah, really, it's not.
1: I'm just trying to guess your real name now. Serves. Snurbs yes, Snurbs? <laughs> <laughs> Snurfs Snurfs, Snurfs. Snurfs. Yeah,
0: yeah. Snurfs. Um, Don't tell anybody
1: I did, I'm very fascinated by Australia I'm sure you get that quite a bit Everyone imagines um, Australia Being this place where uh, Everyone looks like Elle McPherson Even the guys and, um, and there's just crazy Sex going on all the time everyone's, on, the on the beaches Everyone's, I mean, everyone's it's a very relaxed Society, is that, is that true?
0: Um it is true. I've lived in quite a few places in the world and it is a wonderful place to live. I think the everyone does look like more like Elle Macpherson's sister, Mimi McPherson.
1: Oh really? Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all look like that. Australia is a fabulous place to live. Of course, all the myths are not true. Not even the myths about how dangerous it is here, though we do like to scare the tourists with that because it makes everyone laugh. Right. Um, I think and I think I I put on my blog one time a photo when I first moved to where I live now where I have a path to the beach straight across the road and someone had put a sign up going brown snake on the path and they'd underline brown because brown snakes are really venomous and I thought that is so funny because if you're a tourist you would think oh my god this must happen all it never happens never happens (laughs) so I went and took a photo of it because it was so hilarious and ridiculous and I also thought it was really funny because it had been written on a broken surfboard. So not only are there brown snakes on the path to the beach, someone's gone in the surf, ruined their surfboard, board, probably injured themselves fatally or horribly, and then someone's taken their piece of broken, sad, injurious board and gone. And there's snakes too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, I just, uh, I just always imagine, I don't, know, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the Australian Tourism Board. Maybe it's... I mean, I have no idea what it is. Everyone, I've never met an asshole from Australia. And then again, I haven't met Rupert Murdoch yet. When that happens, <laughs> it'll be a different story. But I have never met an asshole Australian. It's almost like you guys are the, you know, the Norwegians or the Swedes of the... You know, the southern versions of the Norwegians and the Swedes. Just very kind of chill, relaxed, except you're more tan, obviously. Um,
0: I, I think you get. you get... A certain subset who travel, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You you meet tons so, of Australians in, in in New York City, especially.
0: <laughs> well, I think I think we, you get a a bias because the people that you are going to meet who are traveling are a certain kind of people, right? Yeah, that's true. So I doubt that you're going to meet a whole bunch of people who are on a Kontiki tour in Europe.
1: Oh yes, well.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. We have plenty of those as well. <laughs> But I think I think generally, if you avoid if you avoid certain places where Australians congregate and behave appallingly, the Australians that you do meet travelling, and the Australians that you meet like doing your normal stuff around um, in any city in Australia, are really nice, affable, friendly. Generous people and I did a thing once and I felt so bad about it because people were so nice to me. I, um, this is not talking about kink at all, do you care? No, 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 no. <laughs> When I was at university, I, um, a friend of mine and I went to some bar and my parents are Dutch, right? So I speak Dutch and we went into some bar and we pretended that we were tourists. And I spoke Dutch, and he pretended that he didn't speak any English or understand any English, and I had this terrible accent. And we just spoke to people, and people were so lovely to us that we felt really guilty. Like people saying, Why don't you come home for dinner? Or, you know, we've got a beach house, you can use our beach house, or we, we live up in Rockhampton if you're coming up that way, <gasps> it was appalling. We felt so bad that we were lying to them. <laughs> we had to kind of skulk out. It's kind of like. Because we couldn't face, like, telling the truth or you know people giving us and we were a couple like it wasn't just me girly on my own and people going men going it was us as a couple right for being amazingly amazingly generous to us it was shocking
1: well we could talk to uh we could talk about your your homeland uh all if anyone wants to know anything about australia just go to outback steakhouse done right that's pretty much
0: Somebody had to tell me about that place. It was so embarrassing. I'm like, people really don't think that's a, like an Australian thing, right? Okay,
1: hold on. First of all, uh, no rules, just right. That's their slogan. That's clearly, <laughs> I mean, they serve fosters. What more do you possibly need to know about Australia? And oh there's boomerangs. So, oh, my
0: God.
1: Uh, um, do the onions bloom there? Is there? A, they serve this thing called Bloomin' Onions. Are there bloomin' uh, blo-
0: Bloom onions? Bloomin' no, onions. These are
1: called bloomin' onions. They're like deep fat fried. Which right there, you know, it's American.
0: Looked. At, I looked at yes. I looked at the menu because it's they come out of California. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. State. yeah. Um, I did look at the menu and yes, there was quite a lot of things on it that we have never had in our lives ever 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 here anywhere. Right. right. <laughs> but bloomin' is like, uh, you know, you know that it's a it's a.
1: It's a swear word. I want,
0: to say, I want to say blasphemy, but it's not. It's not strong enough to be blasphemous. It's
1: a. It's like bloody onions.
0: Yeah, bloody onions. Uh,
1: now let's talk about uh, you as a person, and then we'll talk about the kink scene there. But um,
0: it's gonna be a short conversation because I'm not involved in it really.
1: Well, no, but you must know about it.
0: We'll get, we'll must, get, we'll warm up. Is that, we'll warm. is that, a? you've just made a rule for me that I must know about it? No,
1: I'm sure you, you've heard. Did you
0: dedicate uh, this interview on that? Uh, yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> I, I, I assume you've heard, you've heard friends talk about it. I'm guessing. But, um, <laughs>
0: you didn't want to talk about that. now. we'll argue about that in a minute. <laughs> all right.
1: Uh, you actually recently did a, a, a thing on your blog, uh, sort of a series on, on what it was like for you to become a Dom. Or I did. But it almost sounds like you always kind of were you just didn't have a name for it.
0: I think that's kind of right. And I I think, I don't know, I I get really uh, about people who swan about and go, oh, I was always this way, you know, this is how I was born. And I just go, fucking shut up. So I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to be one of those people. I think one of the things that happened with me is that I learned very early that I didn't like the attention that I got from men who felt, or boys at that age, who felt like I owed them something. And I think that's where my attitude came from to start with, that I would see my girlfriends just being treated terribly by their boyfriends. And I don't mean, you know, abuse or anything. I just mean they were jerks. They were jerks. And the girls kept... Going back to them, or you know, accepting it and thinking it was okay, and this was how it was supposed to be, and I just remember going, "What the fuck is that? Like, who, who the hell wants that?" I think I learnt very early on what I didn't want and what I didn't like, and after I learnt that, I just refused to accept less than I thought I deserved and that I wanted. So. I guess in that sense there was there was certainly always a power imbalance in those very early relationships because I never had a problem just going yeah you're not doing what I want you can piss off <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> and to me that doesn't seem a very difficult concept like you would think everybody in the world would do that right i think there is a there is a self-confidence thing and i think there's also a an understanding that and i'm i don't i don't know that if that is part of confidence but it's an understanding that you don't have to don't so that. maybe maybe yeah you don't have to put up with things that don't make you happy and even now when i when i look at relationships play out a lot of what i see and it's a it's even in ds relationships with a female dominant i see it still a lot with women that they compromise the shit out of everything, even in a DS relationship.
1: Like, and can, they can you do give me it, some examples? Or?
0: Well, let's say, let's say um, a woman starts off going, this is what I want out of a relationship. These are the things that will make me happy. And then they meet a man who they like and he goes, well... You know, I'm not that keen on that thing. And she goes, oh, well, that's okay. You know, I, I don't have to have that. And as their relationship goes on and she likes him and she's enjoying being in a relationship with him and then he goes, you know what, I don't like that other thing either. And she's like, oh, okay, sweetie. That's, that's fine. You know, that's not that important either. And what I see is them compromising away their happiness for the relationship. And it, it boggles my mind that what they end up with is being in the relationship with this man and they're unhappy and they don't know how it happened. And I find that fascinating. And I find it fascinating particularly that it happens in a DS relationship as much as it, or maybe not as much, but almost as much from what I see as it happens in vanilla relationships. One of the big things with a DS relationship is that people buy into this thing that the D-type has all the power, just because they do. <laughs> right, right. So when, when that happens to the dominant party, where they're just giving up everything, 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 people can't conceive that that's what's actually happening because to all intents and purposes, oh, no, 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 the dominant has all the authority here, when in actual fact, they don't have any authority. They're just scrabbling to keep hold of this relationship. Yeah. When did uh,
1: you discover the BDSM aspect then?
0: Um, after I fell in love for the, for the first time um, that relationship ended and it was a vanilla relationship but he was um, the first what I describe as um, vanilla submissive so there was no we didn't, had never heard of DS, had never heard of BDSM but to all intents and purposes from what I know now he was submissive to me And it was the first time I had a relationship where I was comfortable, where he didn't roll over and play dead. He was perfectly capable of standing up to me, but he chose not to over and over again because he wanted me to be happy and he wanted to give me what I wanted. Um, And that was amazing to me. So I kind of had identified then the sort of man who could make me happy. And I mean, he was happy as well. So it worked out that What he wanted was to be the one who put that smile on my face. Right. And in a lot of ways, vanilla men in love look like that, right?
1: So so you had the vanilla submissive?
0: Yes. So I fucked that up. Okay. Um, And I was in the UK at the time and he is English. Um, and I was there for about four years. And when I came home, we actually actually tried to rekindle it long distance because there was a real bond there, and it just didn't work. So I started to, you know, meet men around in the world at work and wherever you meet men, and I, I just... It just wasn't working very, very well because I knew then by, by then what I wanted, right? And I have, I don't want to say high standards, but I have high standards. Sure. <laughs> and the men that I was meeting were just not that. And um, I discovered IRC, Internet Relay Chan. And, oh, my goodness, this is in the days before Skype, in the days before digital cameras, in the days before any of that sort of…
1: Oh, yeah, no, I I was in the same, yeah.
0: And I was absolutely, my memory is appalling at the best of times. I don't remember why I went into some BDSM chat room, but I did. And I started to talk to people there, and amazingly… Um, maybe because the internet wasn't such a big thing yet. Amazingly, it wasn't full of trolls and wankers. It was full of very respectful men and they all assumed that I was a dom because I had my nickname capped. And that's how it works, right? Yes, of course. But <laughs> it's fantastic. Yes. Uh, and... So I I got all this this lovely attention and I started talking to people and that's how I discovered BDSM. It was almost by accident. And when I started exploring a little, I thought, you know, this sounds kind of good to me. Like these men sound amazing. And it felt like it fitted how I was and it felt like all of a sudden here were these men who were choosing like making a conscious choice to be that guy and that was huge to me because before that i i think finding someone who wants to do that and who doesn't behave that way because they're scared because they're fearful or they're nervous or they have low esteem or any of those negative things, the ones who choose to do it because that is how they are and that's what makes them happy is a huge difference between them. Finding that there were men out there who made that, consciously made that choice was kind of awesome to me.
1: So you had a lot of cyber sex? Is that what you're trying to say?
0: before that I was such a cyber slut it was unbelievable I I was like dude seriously I would I would trawl the chat rooms for cyber sex and I'm sure everybody thought I was a bloke because I'd just go into rooms and go you you stringing that sentence together all lovely like I'll have you
1: (laughs) did you ever meet anyone from from IRC
0: I did well I did yes but not those people and in (laughs) In those days, everybody on the internet was American. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you were the only
1: Australian with internet access? Is that what you're trying to say? Anyway, well there was very
0: few. Oh, very okay.
1: few. Oh, you were saying I, you wouldn't go into like Australian BDSM. You'd go into just BDSM.
0: Not even BDSM. I just go into random sex chat rooms. Like right. I was just and I, and I once pretended to be a gay guy, gay Dom, who was awesome you you 're one of
1: those people you 're one of those people that so many people complain about
0: oh yeah i'm sure i'm, I'm sure the couple of gay boys that I played with heartily complained about it
1: <laughs> i 've never even contemplated that as being a possibility right I never even yeah. thought because here it is I mean this has happened and since we have we have a profile as a couple we have a profile uh, for saw to look for a submissive girl to play with on occasion right. And we will get so many guys posing as women, right. and you know you know exactly the the ones who are guys posing as women because within very short order they'll say uh what is her suit what's her shoe size?" or they'll say you know something yeah. something very does she make does she make you wank it you know on your knee you know something they'll say something so obvious that's not i mean it's just not there's it's just not right I can tell right away." You you are the nightmare for gay guys. I didn't even imagine this to be possible. So there's a there's a guy who's gay, who's typing and he's he's probably saying to himself, "Are you really a girl?" That's right. You're really a girl, aren't you?
0: You big girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're probably just some pervy woman masturbating sicko. Right. Can't exactly. believe this, you women getting on our yeah, hot gay man on man action. That's right. Show some respect. <laughs> Throwing and, your vagina's but, around in people's faces.
0: Clear. Right. I never actually pretended I wanted to be in a relationship. With
1: them. Oh, you just you just have you just have cyber Always
0: pick up cyber sex. All right. And I actually tried to be tried to um be a gay bottom. But if you're a gay bottom in those environments you have to wait for someone to pick you. Right. So I just don't have the patience for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's off.
1: <laughs> so so how how did you I mean I guess maybe you had enough cyber sex with guys to know the, the terminology or, or what was hot or something like that for a guy to say or did you ever say something that was just did you i'm saying did you ever accidentally say something as posing as a gay guy that was just blew your cover like <laughs> did you ever say no. yeah run your teeth all over my penis it feels so good when you bite it
0: you're really good at this well i don't know
1: no i'm just saying did you ever do anything that blew your cover So blow your cover no pun intended <laughs>
0: A couple of times because I wanted to see what it was like, and because I have a bit of a case of penis envy, and that's the only way I can, you know, get that happening. Right. Um, but no, I mean, guys in that state of mind aren't thinking, right? Right. So, right. And if I said, if I said something a bit stupid, I'm sure they'd go, Ah, whatever.
1: Did you ever worry that maybe someone was scamming you? That maybe there was a, another woman who was acting like a, a submissive guy?
0: No, no, because.
1: Because women don't if, do that—is that what you were going to say? You were going to say women don't do that?
0: No, no, no. I was going to say if I was cyber sliding, I didn't care.
1: Oh. <laughs> so you have standards, except in the cyber world, is what you're saying.
0: More about their typing skills and their imagination.
1: Uh, okay. So when was the, when did you finally meet someone for kinky stuff in person?
0: Um, I there was there was um, an Australian BDSM. Um, Chat room of some type on on IRC, and we organised a munch. And I met people that way, though no partners, no partners that way. I never, I have never met a partner out in the scene ever.
1: Did you ever play, you know, do anything like that, or were you just making friends?
0: Um, I. I did a little bit of public play in the early days. The first time I ever played ever was in public, which is... I'm just shocked at myself now. <laughs> just like, what the fuck were you thinking?
1: Why? Um, How is that? Why is that such a big... Tons of people have that experience.
0: Um, Because I didn't know what I was doing. Because I went into a club and I... For the first time, I didn't know anybody. I went with a submissive female friend of mine. And... I had brought a flogger that I had never used on anybody, and it was my first experience. And it wasn't a it wasn't an established BDSM club. It was a goth um, club of some sort where they ha- were having a BDSM night. So it was a little bit kink scene light. You know what I mean? Yeah. I expect that. Had it been a serious kink event, someone would have probably pulled me inside and said, what the fuck are you doing?
1: (laughs) But that's a perfect introduction, though, don't you think?
0: Um, I mean, it was a a good introduction for me. It was terribly unsafe for a lot of reasons. Not least was because they had tile floors and they had some sort of blow-up bath with something wet in it.
1: And you (laughs) still had the tag on the flogger?
0: And that got all over the floor, and it made the floor really slippery.
1: Wow, yeah, that's not really,
0: really... Hey, needle
1: play, everyone
0: <laughs> and it was the first it was the first experience I'd had i mean at all ever, but it kind of blew my mind that some of it was just like what happens in a chat room. that blew my mind. It was like bizarre that I had these men, and I don't think this really happens at serious kink events so much or that my experience is that it doesn't happen there so much like what that i had men coming up to me and asking me to do stuff to them oh
1: god yet that happens all the time
0: well see i never had that experience at at kink clubs i never had that experience and when they did come up they were more chatty and friendly and you know not and I know a lot of women say they have that experience and I think it must differ in different places in the world. Mm-hmm. I never experienced it anywhere except at this one club. And I, haven't, I mean, my experience out in the kink community is pretty thin so I might have just been lucky. But um, one guy coming up to me and, and asking if I would take him out the back and choke him until he passed out. And I'm like... Oh, oh, I don't think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. So, how was the sex? Uh,
0: there was no sex. Right, there no, was I'm kidding. There was oh yeah, sure you were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was um, some face slapping, which was awesome. Um, with this this guy just going, "Hit me harder! Hit me harder!" and I was obviously never done this before any anything before, so yeah. I d I don't think I did it very hard or as hard as he liked. But it was a huge rush. Um and there what there must have been and my memory as I said is appalling, there must have been a whole bunch of stuff happening because I at the end towards the end before I went home with my girlfriend, there was these two guys who came up with their girlfriends and they were vanilla looking guys, like they weren't goth looking, they weren't BDSM dressed or anything like that and they came up and they were all, we want you to whip us and I'm like, who the fuck are you? And they're like, aren't you the house Dom? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't even what is that, anyway um, So I must have been quite active doing stuff but I can't remember what.
1: You must have been fairly convincing for your first time though, if you fooled the vanillas
0: You know, fooling the vanillas doesn't take much and take that, that, Vanillas. Take that. Take that and party. Um, I actually, I don't know, I, I had a lot of confidence and it, I don't know what gave me that confidence, a fairly he- healthy dose of arrogance, I think. <laughs> and I made them beg me, right? Because so I'm like, I'm not interested in what you want and blah, blah, blah and all sorts of rah, rah. And... They were assholes, <laughs> really. Right. So they were going off for their girlfriends, right? They were, <laughs> and anyway, I made them get on their knees, and I made them beg for it. And I'm going, no, not good enough, you know, all this sort of stuff. And finally, I agreed to give them a flogging. And the first guy, they had um, uh, some sort of cuffs. I think it must have been hung from the ceiling. And so I took his shirt off, I strung him up and I flogged him, right? And I I don't remember much about that guy. What I do remember is afterwards sitting with him because he was out of it, right? Um, And getting him some water and he was a bit shaky and he was surprised, obviously, that it had impacted him because, you know, they were just jerks, And the second guy was the one that if I hadn't had that experience, I probably would have just pretty much walked away and gone, yeah, whatever. But the second guy, there was something about him. And I don't remember what he looked like. I don't remember anything about really him as a person. But what I remember was I did the same thing. I strung him up. I would made him take his shirt off. And I remember teasing him a lot. So I must have found him attractive. So I was telling him that this is going to hurt and and whispering to him and a lot of touching and he was cocky jerk, right? He was m- mugging for his girlfriend and being a dick. And um, I started to hit him and... Uh, it was pretty soft at first and he was still showing off and carrying on and then it got a bit harder and and he started to watch what I was doing. So instead of looking at his girlfriend, he started looking at me and I was walking around him and there was a lot of touching and there was some scratching and I remember asking him many times, does it hurt? And he was going, yes, yes, it hurts. And I really quite seriously laid into him And at some point, he started begging me to kiss him. Please kiss me. Please kiss me. Please, please just kiss me. And his whole body was, like, reaching for me as I moved around him. And he was hyper-focused. And at some point, I undid his pants. And he was terrified, terrified that his pants are going to fall down. Please don't let my pants fall down. Please. You know, the whole humiliation thing. And... His cock was hard from about 10 minutes into it, the whole time through the pain and everything. And I also remember at one point his girlfriend, which I don't blame her, I would have been so unhappy if I was her, um, when I was taking a break from hitting him and checking in with him and asking him how he was and him reaching for my mouth because I was whispering to him. And I remember her coming up and saying, can I touch him? And I just went, nah. She kind of slunk away and I thought, oh, man. If I was her, I would be so angry about the whole thing. Um, but I, and in the moment, I didn't care. I didn't she was just in my way, get the fuck away from me. And it was the most incredible thing I had ever felt other than, you know, sex itself. Right. It was huge for me, huge. And I just thought that's what I was thinking it was going to be like.
1: And that was your first
0: experience that playing. Was, yeah. It was huge. It was huge. And if it hadn't been for that guy, I swear I would just have gone away and gone, yeah, no, it's not what I thought it would be. So it was incredible with him and I don't know what it was, but I, I recognize now that